Hello there, and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent, and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Solomon Ashams in Johannesburg, South Africa, and by Stuart Weir in the UK. And on this week's show, we focus on African players in Belgium, a popular destination for Africans, many of whom hope to move on to bigger leagues. We speak to Zimbabwe national team captain Knowledge Musona, who plays for KV Ostend and is rated as one of the best strikers in Belgium. Yeah, there there are so many guys from Africa playing in Belgium, and some of them they are they are they are leaving the country, going to England. That's coming up later, but we start at the FIFA Confederations Cup in Russia, where Cameroon went out at the group stage after a 3-1 defeat to Germany last Sunday. The Indomitable Lions were there as the African champions, but they certainly lacked sparkle, losing to Chile in their opener, then drawing 1-1 with Australia in a game that they probably should have won, and then came the defeat to Germany. Uh, Solomon, how do you feel about Cameroon's performance in Russia? Steve, I'm uh, really disappointed with the performance of Cameroon. Uh, for a team to come and into the Confederations Cup and play three games, scoring just two goals, there's just no way you would expect the team to make it to the next round. For me, uh, Cameroon performed below average. Cameroon, a lot was expected of them by virtue of the fact that they won the Africa Cup of Nations recently. And also the performance they gave was really uh, exciting for people and for African football. So carrying the hopes of Africa to the FIFA Confed Cup in Russia, a lot was expected of them. Uh, I know quite a lot of the players, uh, young players, new players. There's uh, a lack of experience in that team, obviously, uh, and it showed quite a lot of it. And uh, But at the end of it all, you know, it's about scoring goals. But if you look at the game against Australia... It was uh, a side, a Cameroon side that you would uh, really feel do not deserve to go to the next round by virtue of the fact that they lost so many scoring chances. They created so many scoring chances, but getting the ball in the back of the net was really very uh, difficult for them. And there's also a very huge problem also with the defense. Uh, the couple of goals that were scored that was really, really careless. So for me, it was really a Cameroonian side that came in with a lot of promise. But at the end of the day, it wasn't really what uh, football fans in Africa expected from them. And it's so sad. And maybe also, I, you know, I wish the Cameroon coach and the Cameroon Football Association would have, uh, you know, included a few more experienced players, you know, that couldn't make it to the last AFCON. But maintaining the same team, a uh, young team that we know that is quite a lot of inexperience there, I think also really affected them. But next up, we see how if it's going to be possible for them to qualify for the Russia 2018 World Cup. I think it's going to be very, very difficult for Cameroon uh, to, 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 to do that. Yeah, sure. Nigeria are in pole position in that World Cup qualifying group. It did seem to be a level too high for Cameroon, I'd say, at the Confederations Cup. And after the defeat to Germany, Cameroon coach Hugo Bruce made some strong comments saying, we live on past successes. We lack pitches and infrastructure. It's so difficult to train good players. Is that a fair comment, Solomon? 
Yeah, I feel the coach of Cameroon was really on point. There are a lot of pitches and infrastructures, but it's just the state of the pitches and, and the state of the infrastructures that is the major problems. Uh, Cameroon is a typical case of a, of a nation that has so many talented players, so many good players, some of them playing locally, some of them playing overseas. And over the years, we've seen that. But we've not seen the you know, implementation and the use of the resources and the finances generated through football. We've not seen how that money is used uh, to, to really get infrastructures and pitches uh, you know, to a great uh, state, a great standard that would be uh, able to compete with other African nations and, and, and make the players feel good about them themselves. And even when they come home to play for, their, uh, for the indomitable Lions or to train and go and, and, and play a game, they would be totally focused on it. And, and I feel, uh, you know, that is the cry of the coach and the coach is crying. And I'm sure a lot of the players also are also crying and saying, look, you know, things need to change. Yes, the potential is there, but it's not been fully tapped for Cameroon. And uh, Stuart, the Confederations Cup is a test event for the World Cup next year. And I guess it does serve as a reminder that Africa will again find it tough at the World Cup, especially if you consider that Germany didn't even send their strongest team to the Confederations Cup. Steve, I think you'd have to say that Cameroon got an incredibly difficult draw. Uh, to find themselves up against Germany, ranked three in the world, and Chile, four in the world, was always going to be very difficult. And I think, too, if you just look at the state of African football on the world stage, Egypt, according to the FIFA rankings, is the number one team, 20th in the world, Senegal, 27th in the world, and Cameroon, 32 in the world. Now, if we're talking about a 32-country World Cup and we're choosing the teams on merit, not on geographical distribution, then, you know, you'd get three African teams in and Cameroon in 32nd place would be the last one to get in. So I think at the moment the Confederations Cup was perhaps a wake-up call and it just does show us that for all the individual talent, all the good players there are, in terms of competing at the world stage with the likes of Brazil, uh, Germany and so on, that uh, most of the African countries have a way to go. Yes, that's the harsh reality that there's still a big gap between Africa's best teams and the best in Europe and South America. Thanks, Stuart. Now, next on Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport, a look at African players in Belgium. There are a lot of Africans in Belgium, and they often see it as a possible path to the top leagues of Europe. That's Germany, France, England, Italy and Spain. African stars in Belgium include Senegal defender Kara Mbaji and Ghana forward Frank Achampong, both at Anderlecht. Mali forward Abdoulaye Diaby is at Club Bruges. And Zimbabwe midfielder Marvellous Nakamba has just moved there in a €3 million Euro deal. KV Ostend is another Belgian club that likes African players. Their captain is Cameroon defender Sebastian Siani. South Africa's Andile Jali is there and Nigerian Joseph Akpala. 
Zimbabwe national team captain Knowledge Musona is also with KV Ostend, and he's rated as one of the best strikers in Belgium. Musona moved from Zimbabwe as a teenager, going to Kaiser Chiefs in South Africa, and then to Hoffenheim in the German Bundesliga on a five-year deal. But things didn't work out for Musona, and he was then loaned to Augsburg in Germany before going back to Kaiser Chiefs. Then in 2015, Musona joined KV Ostend, and he's had two good seasons there. Well, my colleague here, Ivan Mangunda, spoke to Knowledge Musona and asked how things have been for him in Belgium. Yeah, it's been going good so far, so good. My team qualified for Europe, and uh, we've been having a great season. And uh, yeah, hard work paid off in the end because we lost the first final, and uh, the second one we won. So. Yeah, it, it, it has been a, a, a good season for me. Let's talk about some of the standout players for you, African players in the Belgian league, that you probably look at and think, oh, he's really good. Yeah, there, there are so many guys from Africa playing in Belgium. And some of them, they are, they, are, they are leaving the country, going to England. Unfortunately, I cannot play in England for some reasons, of the work permits and the rankings, but... There are also good guys from other African countries, from Anderlecht. There are players from Senegal and Ghana. There are so many. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to play good also and try also to go to a better league. And lastly, let's talk about comparing, you know, the Belgian league and football in Africa. How would you compare that? I played football in, in Zimbabwe Division 1 and in South Africa, so... I don't have really much experience in other leagues, but mostly I know South African football and it's a little bit different from Belgian football because in terms of professionalism and uh, and even type of play because, you know, in Belgium, you know, in Europe it's, it's totally different from Africa. There is different environment, the weather and, you know, these kind of things and the lifestyle is a little bit different from Africa. So it's very difficult to compare, but... Yeah, that's how it is, you know. How difficult is it for an African player to try and adjust, especially in Europe? It's very difficult. I want to talk from my experience when I went to Germany. It was very difficult in the beginning because I never used to have winter like snow and everything. I had to go out of training 15 or 30 minutes before the training finished. And as time went on, I, I, I got used and you have to start learning the languages you when you move to one country to another, they don't speak the same language. There are so many different challenges that you face, but you know you have to be strong in the head. Sometimes you face racism, and if you are not strong enough, you cry and want to go back home. But, you know, Zimbabweans are soldiers, they fight, and we, 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 we try our best to, to be strong and, and fight for our careers and life. So, yeah, that's how I did, but, yeah, I think... Being strong and the difficulties I went through in Europe, and I think I'm strong enough to face anything. So, yeah, we just need a strong character and never give up. That's Zimbabwe national team captain Knowledge Musona, who plays for KV Ostend in Belgium. Well, firstly, on that, Stuart, Musona gives some insight on how tough it can be for African players who move to Europe and why they sometimes do struggle there. Well, yes, I mean, I thought that interview brought out some really uh, interesting things like uh, the weather, you know, the the fact that you will be training in snow and ice 
sub-zero temperatures on occasions. Then there is the standard of play. You know, the fact that a lot of the European players have been in academies since they're uh, eight uh, years old or even, even younger in some cases, playing with professional clubs. Um, so it's a real challenge for someone who hasn't had that background uh, to have the same skills. And moving around Europe, there is, of course, the issue of the visa that you need for different countries. And normally the ruling is unless you are playing regularly for your country, you will not get a visa. So it's not easy to break in. Obviously, we can think of some of the wonderful players like Didier Drogba and so on who've made it absolutely to the top. But many others have struggled and will spend their careers in some of the less favoured leagues. Yes, it's not easy. Uh, So Belgium is a popular destination for African players, Stuart. But uh, how good is the Belgian league? Because it's not rated in the top five leagues of Europe, is it? Well, yes, Steve, I think you'd have to say that the Belgian league is not rated one of the top ones. I mean, it's difficult to, to work out a ranking. But if you say, how have Belgian teams done in the Champions League over the last five years. Incidentally, the only time a Belgian team had even reached the final of the European Cup, as it was in those days, was 1978 at Wembley, when Bruges, or Brugge, lost 1-0 to Liverpool with Kenny Dalglish scoring, and I had the privilege of being in the stadium. But if you look at the last five years, what has happened to Belgian clubs in the Champions League? Last year... The same Bruges played in the Champions League and lost all six of their group games. Now, the previous year, Ghent did make it into the last 16 but lost to Wolfsburg in Germany. But the three previous years, Anderlecht were the team representing Belgium and they only won three of their 18 games. So, one level, you'd have to say that the Belgian clubs do not make much of an impact on the Champions League. But then just think about the country. You know, Belgium is a country of 11 million and a small country. It's a country with two languages. Belgium is located between France, where they speak French, and Netherlands, where they speak Dutch. And half the country speaks French and the other half speaks, they call it Flemish, but it's effectively Dutch. So there again, even to play within Belgium... Uh, you may suddenly find yourself going from a French-speaking club to a Flemish-speaking club. So that is another complication, which, again, uh, we heard about on the interview. So a few challenges for foreign players in Belgium. And Stuart, looking at the Belgium national team, they've been doing well over the past few years. There is a certain disconnect between the Belgian national team and the Belgian National League. And it's interesting that the last time Belgium played an international, they called up 26 players, but only two of them currently play in Belgium. And there are some world-class Belgian players. Let me just run out a few names for you, Steve. Um, Courtois, the Chelsea goalkeeper. Simon Mignolet at Liverpool. Uh, at Tottenham, we've got Toby Altiveld. At Manchester United, Marwan Fellaini. At Manchester City, Kevin De Bruyne. Vincent Company. Of course, the best Belgian player of all, 
uh, I think we would say, is Eden Hazard at Chelsea. Uh, just to mention a couple of others, Romelu Lukaku, Kevin Morales at Everton. Uh, we've talked on this program before of Dibrock Origi, the Belgian of Kenyan parents. And, you know, the, the list goes on. Some great players, but they leave the Belgian league at quite an early stage and uh, play abroad. Now, the Belgian team was actually ranked the best team in the world by FIFA uh, for a six-month period in 2015-2016, just leading into the World Cup in Brazil. But while they won their group in the 2016 World Cup comfortably, winning all three games, and then they struggled to beat USA in the round of the last 16 before losing 1-0 to Argentina. And it seemed perhaps that that was the great opportunity for Belgium, their golden generation, uh, and they didn't quite make it. So, in summary, Belgium produces a lot of great world-class players, but most of them move out of their own league at an early stage of their career, and the league is certainly not one of the strongest in Europe. But, of course, there is always the possibility as you play Champions League football or Europa League football that you will be spotted and picked up by clubs from Spain, Italy and so on. But it certainly is a country where there are an awful lot of Africans. I think I counted over 90 African players playing in Belgium. Standard Liège have 11, and that's three from... DR Congo, two from Cameroon, and one each from Uganda, Nigeria, Mali, Algeria, Guinea and Togo. Ghent have got ten Africans, including five Nigerians. And Yupin have twelve African players, five from Senegal, three from Nigeria, two from Mali, two from Cameroon and one from Ghana. So there's certainly a lot of African players. In fact, every one of the 18 clubs has at least two African players on their books. Uh, And let's see if over the next few years we'll see some of those players going on to play for the top teams in Europe. Yes, absolutely. Let's hope so. This is Planet Sport Football Africa brought to you by Passion for Sport. And you can download our app and listen to the show anytime. To download, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. Then you can listen to the show anytime on the app and access past programmes too in our archive. Also, you can listen to the show on our website. That's planetsportfootballafrica.com and our Twitter handle is at planetsportfa. Well, now we turn to social media, and football entered a new era at this year's FIFA Confederations Cup in Russia as video assistant referees are being used for the first time at a major senior tournament. Now, the technology means that where there are game-changing decisions such as goals or red cards, the referee may refer to the video assistant referees who scrutinise video footage and show it to the referee to determine the correct outcome. Well, the video assistant referees have done their job in ruling out some goals and confirming others, but the technology does disrupt the flow of play as it's causing stoppages of around a minute. So last week we asked, are you in favour of video assistant referees? Well, to Facebook first and Lamine Cham in the Republic of Congo says, I'm really impressed with it. The referee can't see everything immediately, especially when the match is played at a high tempo. 
but it does waste time, says Lamine. So if they can make some developments to fast track it, it will be better. But Abli Osise in the Gambia disagrees, saying I'm not in favour of it at all because it flushes the excitement out of the game due to the time it takes to make those decisions. On to what's up now, and Silas Ankiambom Gong in Cameroon says yes, it's a good thing, as it helps to cover some of the human errors that cause a lot of pain to good football sides. Fode Ngie in the Gambia is in favour, but with some reservations. I appreciate the contribution of technology in football, but this development will kill the tempo of the game, says Fode. Nonetheless, it ensures fair play and correct calls from the referee. So I endorse it, but still, the time it takes to wait for a decision should be re-looked at, says Fode. Robertson in Cameroon has no such qualms. It's so good, I love it, says Robertson. I hope it's also brought to the English Premier League. Mamadou Bijalo in the Gambia recalls an occasion last year in the English Premier League when video assistant referee technology would have been helpful. During the game between Chelsea and Manchester United, says Mamadou, Matic kicked the ball, but Herrera stopped it with his hand. And every Chelsea player was relaxed, knowing it was handball, but the referee ignored it, and that ignorance caused a goal by Marcus Rashford for Man United uh, within six seconds, which should not have been allowed. Good point there, Mamadou. Modu Lamine Jadama, also in the Gambia, is strongly in favour. Yes, I'm very impressed, says Modu, because if you see this year, there have been so many unworthy goals awarded. I think this will make football more competitive, and deserving goals will be given to the deserving teams. But Mohamed El Kinte in the Gambia says, personally, I don't support it at all, as it slows down the pace of the game. You see, sometimes a particular team will make an effort to score a goal, and while celebrating, it'll be ruled out, and that affects the team mentally and physically. I think FIFA have to rethink and leave the game as it is, says Mohamed. And Odipo Morris in Kenya agrees, saying the beauty of the game is in the human errors. These are the talking points. I'm not in favour of video assistant referees. We may soon have robots refereeing the game, says Odipo. To Sierra Leone now, and Ishmael Saidu Kanu says, "I'm totally against these video assistant referees. It makes the game boring and wastes a lot of time. The VARs don't make the game interesting at all. FIFA, please have a rethink. I'm appealing for it to be removed," says Ishmael. Now, Mohamed Krubali in the Gambia says we have a very good example in this Confederations Cup. While Chile was celebrating a goal, it was ruled out. While this is good, it wasted time and also affected the flow of the game, killing players' spirits," says Mohamed. Now we always welcome your voice notes on WhatsApp, and here's Ebrima Kante in the Gambia with some very strong views. I'm not in favour of it because it makes the game boring to me. If you look at the Kili Cameroon game, yes, Kili's first goal that was ruled out was clear, but it takes a lot of time for them to decide whether it's a goal or it's not a goal. So it kills the spirit of the game for me, and I don't like it working TV when the game has been stopped. Everyone will be looking up, knowing this VR is the one that they are going to look at, so that they can make the decision. So for me, I don't think it's a good idea, honestly. FIFA should abandon this. Football match should be controversy. If there is no controversy in football, then what are we playing for? Football is all about that. Controversy makes football nice. If you look at other sports, it's different from football because of 
there must be a referee in football and assistant referees and all and coaches and all of that so this makes the football more exciting to watch so bringing this video technology system is discouraging for me it's discouraging and i think as the world governing body fifa should abandon it Thanks there to Ebrima Kante in the Gambia. And Abina in Nigeria agrees, saying I'm not in favour of the video technology. It removes the spice from the game, says Obina. Those emotions and cheers from the players and fans have gone because no one is sure if a goal would stand until after the video assistant referees have ruled. Moreover, the controversial moments and decisions make the game even more interesting, says Obina. Cherno Jallo in the Gambia is quite philosophical. I'm not impressed at all, says Cherno. I believe the flow of the game is being delayed. The imperfection of man is one thing that makes the beautiful game interesting. With advantages and disadvantages with video assistant referees, Daniel in Ghana sees both sides of the debate. It helps in terms of goals and offsides, says Daniel, but the beauty of the game is at risk here. For me, I'll be a neutral. And finally, Lamine B. Touray in the Gambia brings an interesting perspective. It's very nice to celebrate a goal swiftly, but with video assistant referees it takes longer. It would stop cheating, and cheating is part of the beauty of beautiful football, says Lamine. Well, thanks very much for all of those comments. Uh, Always great to hear from you and to get views from all around Africa. Well, this week we're asking, what do you think of Cameroon's performance at the FIFA Confederations Cup? The Indomitable Lions went out at the group stage with one draw and two defeats, scoring two goals and conceding six. Uh, They were in a tough group with Germany, Chile and Australia. So overall, what's your assessment of their performance? You can go to our Facebook page, that's Planet Sport Football Africa, and post a comment there. Or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double. Double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. Well, finally, on the show this week, we return to Stewart's top ten African players to have featured in the English Premier League. A list of outstanding players in no particular order. Well, here Stewart gives us a profile of Ghana midfielder Michael Essien. Michael Essien played for Chelsea for seven seasons and was part of Jose Mourinho's great Chelsea team that won the Premier League twice, the FA Cup four times, the League Cup and the UEFA Champions League. Before coming to England, Essien, who was born in Accra, had played for five seasons in France, first at Bastia and then at Lyon. While he was only 23 when he joined Chelsea, he already had 136 French league games behind him and had made sufficient of a name for himself that Chelsea were ready to pay $36 million transfer fee. By the end of his Chelsea career, he played 168 league games for Chelsea and scored 17 league goals. Essien, I think, was the complete midfield player, a tough tackler, but still with the energy to run box to box and also the technique to pass and shoot with accuracy. Once, when he was banned for a tackle on Didi Haman of Liverpool, he apologised, saying that he didn't want to be known as a player who was malicious or unsporting, but rather simply as somebody who tackled and unsettled opponents. In the Champions League, he scored in the victory over Werder Bremen of Germany 
he got the winner against Valencia in a 2007 quarterfinal and in 2009 scored a vital away goal against Juventus and also a stunning left foot volley against Barcelona in the semi-final, a tie which Chelsea lost only on away goals. Essien has had a long and distinguished career given the number of serious injuries he's had. In 2008, he injured his anterior cruciate ligament while playing for Ghana and was out for six months. In 2010, he was injured playing for Ghana in the African Cup of Nations, missed the rest of the English domestic season and also the 2010 World Cup. And before the end of that year, he picked up another injury which had him out for two months. He ruptured his anterior cruciate ligament again and missed part of the 2012 Premier League season. He made 58 appearances for Ghana, including two World Cups. He was part of Ghana's best ever team and a crucial member of the Chelsea team, which fought Manchester United for dominance of English football in the period of, say, 2006 to 2012. A really great player. Well, thanks a lot to to Stuart Weir for that. And what a career Michael Essien had. And I still remember that wonder goal he scored for Chelsea against Arsenal in a 1-1 draw back in 2006. A thunderous shot from 35 yards from the great Essien. Well, that's it for the show for this week. But on Facebook and WhatsApp, tell us what do you think of Cameroon's performance at the Confederations Cup? You can go onto our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa. Or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. From East Steve Vickers in Harare, from Solomon Ashams in Johannesburg, and Stuart Weir in the UK. Thanks a lot for listening. And Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production. <laughs>